So we had quite the night in La Mesa last week. City Council Member Laura Lothian attempted to put an end to the City Hall flying the Pride flag during Pride Month. So how did that work out for her? We're about to find out. Hi, I'm Manny Gomez, and you're listening to Table Talk, a podcast about politics and big issues here in La Mesa, California. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, the man who donated the first Pride flag to fly over La Mesa City Hall. He's a 33-year veteran of San Diego County Sheriff's Department and was recently named the first ever Director of Safety and Security for Jewish Family Service. Perhaps you voted for him in the last election for Sheriff. Dave Myers, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Manny, and thanks for having me. So at the May 23rd City Council meeting, Laura Lothian added a memo to the agenda. Here's how it started, and I quote, As City Council members are aware, in June of 2022, the City Council directed staff to fly, to fly a flag at City Hall annually during the month of June, representative of solely one group of citizens in our community. I believe now, as I commented then, that such a policy serves only to recognize one group of community members at the expense of a number of other community groups of all ethnicities, races, religions, and philosophical beliefs that don't have a representative flag flown at City Hall. Now, she never named the flag, but she was pretty clearly talking about the pride flag the rainbow-colored flag that represents the LGBTQIA plus community. All right, Dave, so let's talk about that. What was your initial gut reaction to hearing about this agenda item for the first time when it came up? When I first heard about it, it actually was not a surprise to me that coming from Laura Lothian and her very, very extreme, very right-wing very conservative views that she would want to personally ban and see that it is banned the pride flag flying in the mesa as evidenced by a year prior where she tried to get it banned but never addressing the pow and mia flags which fly on la mesa property yeah there i mean there is some some bias that that goes along with this proposal that she uh she brought about um but uh, let's uh, let's take a listen. This is the uh, agenda item when it came up. Here's how Laura Lothian introduced it. City Hall, I believe, should remain neutral and avoid the appearance of bias, negative or positive, for or against any group. Members of the public should be able to conduct government business at City Hall without encountering political messaging. When you hear Lothian describe the pride flag as as political messaging, I just want to get uh, get your response to that and how that kind of what reaction that that kind of immediately creates for you. Well, you know, I, it, it's clear to me that she, that, that she is specifically joining in with the national hate movement against the LGBT community. Over 540 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced just this year in state legislatures across the United States. I mean, what about the, she's clearly not a student of history. The suffrage movement had a flag. The suffrage movement, because of the suffrage movement and the amendments that supported the suffrage movement and gave the right of women to vote is why Laura Lothian is in the position that she's in right now. So clearly she is not a student of history and doesn't understand 
flags, the socio-political symbols that they are, what it means to community membership, unity, nor visibility. Right. No. Yeah. And that it, it kind of plays into, like you said, the nationwide agenda of um, this trend of, of trying to, to paint the LGBTQIA plus community as um, the other, as, you know, people who aren't a part of our general community. Um, you know, why should they get special recognition? But it's like they're just being recognized. Um, you know, for their struggles, for, for what's going on with them. And, you know, I, as a straight man, I don't know anything about that, but I can, I can see it. I can hear people's stories related to it. You know, I have family members um, who are part of that community and it's, I, I can't imagine um, the struggle, the, the inner struggle that, that you would have to deal with and seeing something like this, you know, trying you know, to it was, uh, yeah, it was control in, reaction to it. And, uh, sorry, I talked over you. Back in June of 2020, no, no, no. when um, I first presented to the La Mesa City Council, the pride flag and the council unanimously adopted it and flew the flag for several years. I mean, it, it was a significant moment for myself, not only personally, but professionally but pride in my community to see that flag hoisted over City Hall during the month of June and what it represents. And Laura Lothian's attempt, the national MAGA Republican agenda to put the LGBTQ plus community back in the closet is not gonna work. And I, as a community member in La Mesa, am not gonna stand by and watch her try and shove me back into the closet. No, and that's that's great. That's exactly what we need. And uh, speaking of that, let's uh, let's talk about the community response. Um, what did it feel like uh, there? Yeah, so I attended the community, uh, the city council meeting, and spoke as a community member, and was very proud to look around the room and see it completely packed with supporters denouncing the proposition that Laura Lothian was trying to shove us all back in the closet. One speaker after another talked about the unity that the pride flag represents. It talked about community. It talked about allies showed up and talked about what it meant to see the pride flag fly over La Mesa. And so it brought a lot of uh, pride, literally, and a, uh, you know, a lot of pleasure to see how the community comes together to protect something they see as a symbol of unity and visibility in the city of La Mesa. I was there as well, and it was a really powerful moment, I think, especially for, for Miss Lothian to recognize that, you know, this community isn't going to take this sitting down. Um, you know, if you're going to propose things like this, we will gladly come out and show you that we do not support these kinds of um, proposals. Um, but this, uh, so this motion is not an, in, an isolated incident. Um, earlier this year, USA Today reported on a wave of pride flag bans spreading across the country. According to the article, such restrictions have been approved in Delaware, Ohio, 
and in Cold Spring, New York, as well as in school districts from Davis County, Utah, to Wales, Wisconsin. At the same time, human rights campaign reports, as Dave mentioned, um, over 540 anti-LGBTQ plus bills have been introduced into legislation across the country in this year alone. Now that's a record. And 45 anti-LGBTQ plus laws have been acted so far this year. Um, so let's let's listen into some of the comments <laughs> made by the public at that uh, city council meeting. When God and Mother Nature, who by the way is Mrs. God, took a palette of colors and threw it up into the heavens, when they all came sparkling down, boom, there was La Mesa, a place of beauty, a place of art, a place of love, a place of diversity. And you, the stewards, have seen to it that it's remained that way. The testimony you each gave over the rich diversity of your community speaks to that and to the fact that you will see to it it stays that way in spite of certain voices. I have all the faith in the world in you. I know you will defeat this ugliness, this nipping at the core of your values. And as a woman who's felt quite personally the sting of ugliness and transphobia, and those behind me have given me the strength to stand up to those forces and go, is that all you got? I know that you have that strength within you. I feel it and I know it. And I know you're gonna do the right thing. We need your solidarity now more than ever. We are under attack. You cannot remain neutral in this instance. To remain neutral is to side with the oppressor. What is next? Are you going to start passing laws and ordinances against queer people, against trans people? I can't stand for that. And I'm going to condemn anybody who thinks this is a matter of politics or neutrality. It is personal. La Mesa was one of the first cities in the country to pass an ordinance that prohibited discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. La Mesa was one of the first cities in the county to install gender neutral bathrooms in public facilities. By allowing the pride flag to be flown at City Hall, you are showing that you recognize and support the LGBTQ community in this city. And this is vital for those who may feel isolated or marginalized and need to know that they are not alone. Please do not allow this proposed ban to undo the good work of the past. Fly the pride flag so that it can again proclaim La Mesa as a place of authentic welcome, a place where people take care of each other, a place of hope. We cannot let this disingenuous rhetoric return us to the dark days of closets, raids, and lynchings. Every day, it seems lately, legislation threatening the lives and welfare of our trans and queer family and friends is moving forward in various parts of the country. We must speak out against such hatred and more, counter it with compassion, solidarity, and truth. I urge you, to reject this effort to limit the welcome that our community offers and to proudly display not just the pride flag, but other symbols that communicate the true spirit of democracy and neighborliness. Thank you. All right, so those are some pretty powerful statements there. And there were, there were many, I mean, there's far too many for us to go through all of them. And I just wanted to kind of get your take on those, Dave. There was you know, some mention of neutrality, um, which again, in this, in this day and age, um, <laughs> Neutrality really isn't isn't much of an option, and even being neutral is kind of picking a side. 
Um, but I, I believe one of the comments there was from the, the woman um, that was involved in the Santee incident um, where she was using her proper bathroom. And I believe the community and, and some members of that community kind of um, came out against her and there was a, a big protest and, and a march out there uh, regarding that issue. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that one. Yeah, Christine Wood, who is a good friend of mine and has been for several years a transgender woman, was appropriately using the bathroom of her gender identity. Um, State of California recognizes her gender identity as a female, as indicated on her driver's license. And there was a lot of uh, controversy because someone claimed that there was, she was a man in the women's restroom, which is blatantly false. And subsequent protests which took place and you had mentioned neutrality there is no neutrality when it comes to the openly and outward discrimination against anybody based on their sexual orientation their gender their race their um, sex and so clearly that was not neutral and to stand on the side of oppression they are picking a side um, you know, you we, we spoke a little bit about what happened on La Mesa City Council meeting that very night in the city of Carlsbad. Carlsbad City Council voted to not fly the pride flag. A few days later, the North County School District voted not to fly the pride flag. Uh, three days ago, the Chula Vista Elementary School District voted not to fly the pride flag. So we continue to see nothing about neutrality when it comes to the movement, which is we've seen sweeping the country with anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislators. We're seeing it now trickle down into school districts, local city councils where neutrality has nothing to do with the oppressor who is now infiltrating our local governmental entities to try and strip us, the community and allies of what the pride flag means, the unity it brings and the visibility it brings to the LGBT plus community. And once again, trying to shove us back into the closet. That's a great explanation of it. And I think to, to me, when I when I hear that word neutrality, it's almost as if rather than trying to get you to be neutral, it's more so, you know, I want you to be passive so I can do what I want um, under the guise of neutrality. I, I need you to just sit there and, and, you know, watch quietly and, you know, cover your eyes if you have to. But I need you to be neutral while I, I you know, play my neutral part so to speak um but as i'm as i'm claiming neutrality i'm actually pushing this agenda that is anything but neutral we actually have a clip from the the protests in santee um regarding miss woods and her use of the bathroom there so we're going to go ahead and and uh cut into that and, and take a listen I'm here with Armin Cardina Vista. We're here to lend our support for a rally tomorrow night at the Santee YMCA. 
Uh, there was a 17-year-old girl, such an eloquent young lady. She encountered a naked man in the showers, and she has been making the news rounds. Uh, and they're going to have a rally tomorrow night. And I believe that our society is starting to go sideways because good people are letting crazy things like this happen. That was uh, Councilwoman Lothian um, speaking out um, against Mrs. Woods and her use of, of the bathroom there. So um, just kind of a, I guess, a, a clarity on her on her neutrality in this situation and, and where she actually sits um, in, in this bigger effort uh, across the nations. So, um, but back to the, uh, the pride flag, I wanted to get your uh, feeling on this and, and what you felt uh, the first time that you saw the pride flag flying over the city hall. Yeah, so when uh, the city council in June of 2020 originally approved flying of the pride flag for the month of June over La Mesa City Hall, that in itself, that acknowledgement brought visibility not only to me personally, but to the LGBT plus community. It brought visibility to Christine Wood, who had been struggling with gender identity for years. It brought visibility in my mind to the children of La Mesa who are struggling with gender identity and figuring out who they were and if their community believes them. It brought them visibility and acceptance. And the day the flag was hoisted over City Hall, it brought great pride, literally, to see all the community members. Now, you have to remember, during June of 2020, that was in the midst of COVID, and just so many people showed up. Yes, we were wearing masks, but so many people showed up to watch the pride flag hoisted over City Hall. And looking around, as I was looking around, I just saw so many, and you could tell, even under their masks, the smiling faces, the pride in the city of La Mesa and what that meant for our community, for the children in our community, for the adults in our community who are struggling with what gender identity means and who they really are as people, who they were born as. And so it was a great day. Yeah, and I like I like your use of visibility and how you're using that. People on the LGBTQ side of this, they want to be visible. While on the other side, you know, the opposition, they don't they don't want to see or interact with with anyone from that community. They don't want them to be visible. They they want um, things to be as they were back in the 50s and the 40s, where it was cookie cutter you had one side or the other and there was no in between and there was no mixing so i really i think that term visibility is really essential to kind of expressing um the key component of this argument um uh, from both from both sides of it so i, I really like that you, you um use that word to describe um just kind of the the movement overall um so I'm going to get a little little personal here with this next question, uh, if you don't mind me asking. Um, when did you first become self-aware, if you will? Uh, and what was it like for you to come out? Yeah, so my coming out journey, I came out later in life. Uh, um, you know, without getting in too many details, I I think I always knew that I was gay. It was just a 
the environment I grew up, my parents were very accepting of all cultures. I actually grew up in Alley Gardens. My mom still lives in the house in Alley Gardens I grew up in. My family growing up was, as, as far as I can remember, has always been very accepting of different cultures, different sexual orientations. Um, I knew from a very early age I wanted to get into law enforcement. Uh, I think there were a lot of factors that prevented me from coming out early in life from my career choice uh, to community's expectations, what I saw on television and what I heard in uh, community meetings and government meetings about sexual orientation, what I saw or did not see on television as far as LGBTQ plus representation. And I had joined the sheriff's department uh, at, at age 23. Um, I had been a police officer at, starting at age 21 in Carlsbad. And um, I did get married and I've always wanted to have kids. So we had two kids. Um, I had been on the sheriff's department about 10 to 11 years um, when it was just to a point where I started seeing more representation in the communities. I did not see any representation in out gay men within the sheriff's department, a department of roughly 4,000 people. Um, and I think that's kind of where my, if you will, my activism really uh, pushed me to come out and be my authentic self. Um, there was a conversation with um, the mother of our children and also my children, and both were very, very accepting, um, very accepting of me. Uh, my kids were very, very accepting. It's a completely different generation. The generation I think that they grew up in or the environment they grew up in was accepting of everybody, open to conversations. They saw representation of LGBTQ plus people around them in their schools on television. Um, so for me, it was an interesting coming out on the sheriff's department. Again, personally, it was completely different than professionally. Um, there were some very rough roads professionally within the sheriff's department uh, about coming out in law enforcement. Um, there were some individuals within the sheriff's department were, who were very supportive, very, very supportive of me along the way. One of them being former sheriff Bill Collender and former undersheriff Ed Prendergast, very, very supportive. Um, there were other instances and other individuals who I had known and worked with in the sheriff's department for probably 10 to 11 years. I thought were friends who I'd never heard from again. Um, that was okay. Uh, I mean, it was, it was kind of confusing for me at the time why people would act like that. There were instances at work where people would throw, um, condoms on the hood of my marked police car in the back parking lot of the sheriff's department. There were people that scratched the word fag into my locker in the locker room. And there were times in which when I would respond to certain radio calls, nobody would show up to assist me. Um, and I just, I was not going to let that 
stop my dedication to the job. And I may have taken certain chances and risks that I should not have, but I was not going to give anybody the satisfaction of complaining to a supervisor or um, complaining that I'm being disrespected. I did my job. I think I did it very well. And I think that was an uh, example by the progress I made and the certain jobs that I obtained and the promotions that I worked very hard for over the years in the sheriff's department. Well, I, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing um, sharing that with us. I know that's kind of really what a lot of young people and, and people in general need to really hear is the struggles that, you know, people in your community have faced, um, that, you know, there are people out there that are going to absolutely 100% support you and, and be there for you but then there is also going to be that opposition that is is trying to break you down and it's, they're testing you and they're trying to see how strong you are and just the fact that you can be who you are and say you know what i don't care who thinks that you need to overcome those those kind of um adverse situations and um it's it's really powerful when you find those allies who who have your back and who are willing to stand by you and say you know what i i don't care who sees me doing this i don't care what you have to say about me personally but i'm going to be here for my friend um and that's again goes back to that neutrality and and why the other side wants to hide these things and they want to take away the visibility and they want to take away the representation they don't want their children learning about these things because then their children go well they're just people like me who just want to live their life and, and be happy and have the same things that i want they don't want to take them from me they don't want to impose their personal beliefs and lifestyles on me they just want to have their own life separate from what everybody else wants you know everybody gets to live their own life and be happy in their own way um and everyone deserves that visibility and and representation um to to be happy and just you know live actually live the american dream and not just hope that one day it'll it'll be there let me let me just jump in two quick stories really quick so um as far as my professional career after i came out i'm in uniform i'm responding to people's calls for help i've delivered a baby on duty i've saved a person from jumping off a bridge and not once did anybody ask me when i showed up to help them what my sexual preference is prior to me helping them. I did my job. They received professional service as everybody should when they call for help. And if you think about it in law enforcement, people don't call you to say, come by, I wanna tell you to have a nice day or anything. They call you in the most desperate situations when crisis is occurring in their lives or they've witnessed something terrible. And so all they want is a professional to show up and help them. And on the personal side, 
I, I, I think I've been very, very lucky. My kids were younger. The mother of our children and I decided that we would raise the kids together until the youngest one goes off to college. In the meantime, we're meeting individuals. I met my current husband. We've been together 20 years. He was from out of state. Eventually, he moved into the current house we live in now with the ex-wife with the two kids and for probably about 10 years we all lived together and made it work for the kids for the kids friends and we started seeing that our house became the center of uh, if you will the center of a lot of neighborhood kids place safe place to be and before the kids came over and everything i was very conscientious about making sure that their parents knew what the living situation and our situation was here she had the ex-wife had a relationship in northern california we would be gone on the weekends but the kids and the kids friends our house became known as the safe place and all of their parents knew it too and so i think that visibility also helped in a lot of ways yeah, um, and that's that. That kind of goes against what is being pushed on the other side. Where um, when you have families like this, you're 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 tearing down the fabric of what a real family looks like, and you know you're not doing what it says in the Bible that you should be doing. And it's just honestly, it's just lunacy. It it doesn't make sense. It's just one side's perspective and view that doesn't have any basis in reality. It's just their opinions. Yeah, I mean, her actions clearly demonstrate it has nothing to do. Her positions have nothing to do with equality, have nothing to do with unifying or bringing visibility to true community concerns. Uh, at the city council meeting, she tried to use a thin blue line flag as an example of unifying a community when she has absolutely no clue what the thin blue line flag originated as and what it means today. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up because I do want to talk about um, that other flag that Lothian brought up in her memo. Um, here is what she said, and I quote, the policy established by the city council appears as well to lack consistency as precedence has also been established by La Mesa. Despite the thin blue line flag representing courage and sacrifice to law enforcement professionals and their families, the city of La Mesa does not allow our police officers to display this flag anywhere out of sensitivity to members of the public who might be offended by such a flag. Um, now, certainly many people do fly the thin blue line flag with um, only positive intentions, but um, even the phrase thin blue line has a troubled past. And we were able to dig into the history of that phrase, the thin blue line, at the Marshall Project. Now, it turns out uh, that the phrase was popularized by former L.A. Police Chief William Parker, who was known for his unambiguous racism. He actually once ran a television show in the 1950s called Thin Blue Line. 
Parker is known for saying some immigrants were not far removed from wild tribes of Mexico and once compared black residents of L.A. to monkeys in a zoo. In fact, uh, his policing tactics and the racist mentality he sowed within his department are considered the direct cause of the 1965 Watts riots. Um, now, that doesn't seem like the legacy or ideology we should be celebrating or, or perpetuating here in La Mesa. Um, and at the infamous Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, right supremacists flew the Confederate flag, the Nazi flag, and the thin blue line flag. And it's also been flown in many other white supremacist rallies since and was also seen in the Capitol riots on January 6th. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that flag within itself has has a checkered past. And um, being as you spent 33 years working for the sheriff's department, um, how do you look at the comparison between the thin blue flag and and the pride flag? Yeah, there is no comparison. I mean, it's what's interesting once again is Laura Lothian has no concept of history. The thin blue line flag is something many years ago when it was first when it first came out that I, I could identify but i could see why laura lothian identifies with the current meaning behind the thin blue line flag because she identifies with the groups that marched in the unite the right rally who carried the thin blue line she identifies with the insurrectionists that tried to take over the U.S. Capitol, that did take over the U.S. Capitol on a temporary basis. She identifies with them. So I could see how she now identifies with the co-opt thin blue line flag, which represents everything that the pride flag does not represent. The thin blue flag, uh, thin blue line flag now represents hate. It represents division. It represents white supremacy and it represents the voice of those who would discriminate based on gender, based on ethnicity. It is everything that the pride flag is not. Yeah, and it's it's easy enough for again this isn't something that you have to be a scientist or you know a well-read um scholar to figure out you you can you know there's this thing called the internet that you can go on and research you know what does the thin blue line flag mean where you know the representation of it what it means now you know these these are battles that we fought a long time ago and they should be far done and we should be beyond this working on real things that our, our community needs to focus on and, and here we are being drugged into the past um by by someone who refuses to let it go and it's um it's beyond disappointing um uh, but uh, so it's no secret that the the right is laser focused on the LGBT community um, right now more than ever. And um, I wanted to ask you how concerned you are about this type of rhetoric and the potential for a rise in, in hate crimes. Yeah, you know, we have seen not only a rise in hate crimes, but we see, unfortunately, 
and increase the Trevor Project, which which monitors LGBTQ youth uh, suicide rates, see an increase in suicide rates amongst our LGBTQ community. Recently here in San Diego County, we've seen statistic after statistic about the dramatic increase in LGBTQ homeless rates where parents are no longer caring for their children. And so it, it greatly concerns me um, that in my community, in, in San Diego County, that I'm seeing legislators, elected officials, whether on school boards or city councils that are taking affirmative action to send a message to their community, especially to the LGBTQ plus community and their allies, that we don't recognize you, that we don't want to bring that visibility that you were denied years and years and years, for years and years and years, that we are going to take an affirmative step to show you that your visibility does not matter. So it, it greatly concerns me with some of the progress that the LGBTQ plus community has made here locally and across the United States, that the, there is now very much an affirmative effort to whitewash that progress and that flag. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, especially when you get into the suicide rates of, of these kids, um, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it's so hard to, to look at and, and even harder to listen to these types of discussions and the fact that people just don't want to um, recognize what it is actually doing to, to the kids. Um, but I wanted to also um, get your reaction to how Councilwoman Lothian responded at the end of this meeting um, and how she painted herself and her quote unquote inflicted constituents or afflicted constituents as the, the victims in this situation because they had to see the pride flag whenever they came to City Hall. Thank you, everybody, seriously, for coming out and expressing your, your deep felt emotions. I knew that this would be a marathon of people expressing their, uh, their antipathy to my, my uh, council agenda item, uh, and I knew it would be very emotional. I didn't do it uh, because I, I knew that there was going to be a lot of emotions and personal attacks, and it wasn't because I know that I'm wrong. It's because th there is nothing that isn't politicized right now. You can't go to a grocery store, a sporting event, a school. They're rewriting books, and you may not know this or feel it, but there are thousands of LaMasons and millions of Americans that are exhausted by being pummeled by political messaging. It doesn't stop. And in this room, you all feel, it's funny because you're all talking about how you feel attacked and marginalized. Well, imagine me and people like me who, hold on a moment, hold on, I listen to you very politely. Okay, I'm, I'm half Guatemalan female. I'm being called a Nazi, a bigot, um, a white supremacist. I mean, you're talking about flags. The, the Betsy Ross flag, which was, She's an historical figure in the United States of America, and now that flag is called a hate flag. So right now, this country, the people that have the biggest megaphones 
the, uh, and it's, it's they're the ones that are controlling the media, the government, the schools, or everything. And it's like, if someone sits there and goes, hey, I want to argue this. I want to have a counterpoint. It's not an argument. It's bigot, hate, racist. And it's just, it's just wrong. And it's, and it's a, it's a, it's a low blow way to fight, to, to fight. I only brought this up because I just feel that people should be able to come to City Hall and just do their business, get their permits, get their licenses, and not have a politicized message. Not everybody on earth feels exactly the same way you do. As far as this thing, like, like, you, like people were saying, they're rewriting what I wrote. I did not say to ban the LGBTQ flag. I simply said to only allow the display of government flags. Um, it's, I, my, this is so ridiculous, the classic line. My closest friends are a, are a lesbian couple that I go to Mexico with. It's to, this, is, this was never, ever about you. It was about people should be able to come to City Hall, get a permit, get a license, and, and not feel like, okay, there's another message. Oh, I'm going to a sporting event. There's another message. So that was it. And so again, nothing personal against you, although all your attacks against me were personal. I knew that this was gonna die. This is never gonna happen because it's gonna, the, if I make a motion, it will die from lack of second. I only did this because I hear from so many people that say to me, can, you know, can we give it a break? And so that's it. You know what? They, were there, you know why they're not here? Wait, wait. They're stop, not here, even though I got a ton of emails and phone calls and texts, because they don't want to be called bigots and they don't want to be called Nazis. And so you know what do they do? They hide. They are oppressed and suppressed, and they cannot speak because of the attacks they get. And that's why I brought it up. I am not even going to bother making a motion because it will die of a second. I just had to make my point. Well, it's 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 her mega right wing rhetoric. If there are individuals that are personally offended by seeing a pride flag fly over La Mesa City Hall because they showed up to get a building permit or conduct any type of city business, I, there is little doubt in my mind that that person is going to make that known publicly in a letter to city council members, showing up at the city council meeting posting it on social media. There are so many, and it's good and it's bad, so many ways in which individuals can post their feelings on certain sites. And as somebody in the audience that night at the city council meeting, when Laura Lothian ranted and raved about the thousands, her words, thousands of people who are offended by it, one yelled from the audience, where are they? And she quipped, that they were personally threatened and or felt threatened for some reason that they didn't want to show up to the meeting. Well, I find that extremely laughable because there isn't a day that goes by that I don't see on social media or in comments, online newspapers about the very open and discriminatory practices of individuals like Laura Lothian that want to whitewash the pride flag, that want to remove the pride flag, that are very much showing up at city council meetings, that are showing up at school board meetings and making their voices heard. So I find her comments, Laura Lothian's comments, lacking in true credibility.
yeah, um, I agree. I, it, it doesn't seem like these people really um, <clears throat> care um, about being threatened or, or care to hide themselves when they have these feelings they want to express. Um, it seems like they, they're pretty willing to show up and, and speak unless these people walked into this room and said, oh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get beat down along with Laura, so I'm going to go back home. But um, lastly, I want to I want to just thank you, Dave, for for coming in and spending time to talk with us. Um, I just wanted to see if there was a message or words of advice you may want to share with uh, the LGBTQIA plus community in regards to staying involved in resisting these types of attacks on our freedoms and just any any words of encouragement or anything you wanted to offer anyone out there? You know, um, just from a personal standpoint, visibility matters uh, to, to those that don't understand or have never met a person from the LGBTQ plus community, seek somebody out, talk to them. They could very well be your neighbor. They could be the person sitting at the table next to you in a restaurant, at a local bar, at a at a coffee shop they are your co-workers we are your co-workers we want the exact same thing in our communities we want to be able to take our kids to the park to play we want our kids to be safe in school we want to address the issues of bullying in our neighborhoods we are not the lgbtq plus community is not a threat to anybody Thanks for having me, Manny. Oh, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Um, that's it for this episode. I would like to thank uh, Andy Trimblett and Josh Crimston for doing a great job uh, of doing all the hard work and producing this podcast. And a uh, big thanks to Jordan Crimston for composing our theme song. Again, that's it for us here at uh, Table Talk in La Mesa. Thanks for listening. <laughs>